Hello, everybody. I'm Betty McDowell, and I'm your host for today's Pregnancy Help Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. But before I introduce her, I would like to say hello to you, Christine. And as our producer, you could tell us about today's sponsor. Thanks, Betty. Our sponsor today is Option Line. The nation's only 24-7 pregnancy helpline, Option Line, connects women and men with pregnancy-related questions to life-affirming pregnancy help near them. They can even schedule appointments for centers, providing real-time assistance to women when they need it most. Our professionally trained consultants are equipped to handle the tough calls, even when centers' doors are closed. Through phone, text, email, and chat, OptionLine provides women with the immediate care they want and connects them with pregnancy help organizations for the long-lasting relationship they need to make healthy choices in their lives. Go to OptionLine.org to learn more. Thanks so much, Christine. We love OptionLine, and it is just uh, like four doors down from my office where the call center is. So it's a delight for me to go down the hall in the mornings when I'm in the office and kind of peek in and see how folks are doing and see who's on and um, just always in awe of what that team does. So our guest today is Nafisa Kennedy, and she actually serves as the director of Option Line. I have had the privilege of getting to know Nafisa and really to know her more over the last couple of years and have been more engaged with her work and watching her leadership over the past year or so. So Nafisa started back in 2006 at Option Line, and her, her really kind of what I know of you, Nafisa, um, you began working at Option Line while you were a student at Ohio State and you were studying psychology. And I think 2012 is when you became the operations assistant. And in addition to helping the men and women facing an unexpected pregnancy by answering the phone calls and chats and emails and text messages, um, you were working doing some of the day-to-day operations of the Option Line program. And I found this quote. I thought this was a hoot. And this was something that you said. Uh, so I like I was digging through your file on the piece. I just confess that now. It says, <laughs> I'm convinced that God is using the pregnancy help movement to change the lives of individuals who will reshape our culture. And it's a joy to have even the smallest part of his incredible work. And I read that and I laughed because of the word small. Um, when what we know of you, Nafisa, you have handled well over 230,000 hotline contacts. And that was before you were promoted to being a director in 2017. And that's not small. That's pretty big. So it, it just it just made me laugh. And I think a common denominator for the team at Option Line is that they have a heart for helping people. And that's our Nafisa. I know when you're not at work that you love to be on adventures with your husband and your two adorable boys who are both under the age of three. So I know you have your hands full. So welcome, Nafisa. And while I just gave a brief bio, I'm going to ask you to fill in a little bit more for us and really how you came to your pro-life view, how you came to Option Line. And is there something that we should know about Nafisa? Thanks, Betty, for that awesome introduction. And I had forgotten that quote, but it is I still feel it's very true that um, what I've done and what Option Line does is a small part of something way bigger that God is doing. And I still think it's a privilege to have any small role um, in his work. So as far as my pro-life views, um, I've really always 
had a pro-life view. Um, I was actually the result of an unexpected pregnancy. My mom was 19 years old uh, and in college when I made my surprise entrance into the world and um, she uh, just handled it with so much courage. And for her, there was never any other option um, but to to become a mom and she kind of instilled that um, attitude in me that um, anything is possible and if you are willing to put in the work then you can become an amazing mom no matter what your circumstances are in life so um, she she really showed me that um, you know unexpected pregnancies uh, really can have a beautiful outcome, at least that was the case in, in her life. Um, so I, I always had that view. And um, I was actually raised in an unbelieving home. And uh, up until I was about uh, 14 years old, 13, 14 years old, I didn't really have any kind of church or faith background. Um, but I came to know Jesus when I was uh, 14. And um a few years later, um, got plugged into a church, and really at that point is when I um, let God have His control. I let God have control of my life at that point, um, and just was really praying about where I should go, what I should do with my life, and I always knew that my job was going to be to help people in some way. And when I was in college, I really thought that calling was going to lead me to mission work. And um, when I was uh, in my second year of college, I was working towards a mission trip, trying to fundraise and and, um, make sure that I could pay my way to go to India. And I was talking to some of my friends and um, my one friend, Holly, worked at Option Line. And she said to me, I think you would be great on the phones. You really, you have to apply. Um, you have a heart for it. You would do great. And I hated talking on the phone. So to me, that was a ludicrous idea. And um, even though I thought what she did was great, I I thought that was not for me, but she was very insistent and um, she convinced me to just apply. She said, just apply, just see what happens. So I did. And here I am. (laughs) And it was just one of many instances where, um, you know, a good friend can be the voice of God in your life. And uh, since I started working at Option Line, um, you know, I've had lots of opportunities to move into other industries or other paths in life. And really, God has uh, put me here for a purpose. And at every turn, um, I, I, I just can't think of anything else that I'd rather be doing than serving women through the option line. Wow. I'm so glad you said yes. And as you were sharing that, it made me think about, I, I actually remember hearing about Holly having a friend that she was going to ask to come to work at Option Line. I remember that because that was connected to someone else that was on staff at the time at Heartbeat. So um, thanks to, I think that was Sandy who used to work at at Heartbeat and then also Holly. So special thanks to them for bringing us Nafisa and for you saying yes to God. (laughs) I'm so glad you did. So I recently had a chance to read through your notes on a discussion that you had with your option line team. So the option line team has a Columbus crew 
and then a remote crew. And they're kind of in different parts. Maybe name some of the places, Nafisa, where some of the other Option Line team members uh, come from. Yeah, we have uh, quite an array of consultants outside of Columbus now. Um, we have a consultant in Texas, one in Virginia. We have a cons uh, two consultants in Florida. Uh, we have one in Maryland, and we even reach as far as Guatemala City, Guatemala. That's awesome. And, and part of this allows us to have Spanish-speaking consultants available. That's that helps tremendously, right? Because I know some of those right. team members really are proficient in Spanish. So that's that's really cool. And so your team, both here and remote, that's been pre-COVID. I mean, that we've we've almost always functioned with our option line team having some remote factor to it. And um, Nafisa, one of the things that I have admired about you is really seeing how you lead a team of both remote and on-site employees. You do a really great job keeping them connected. It's, um, it's one of your many strengths is the way I see you care for your team and the way you keep them connected. And so recently, uh, this was in a, I think this was October, you had a conversation with your team and you, you pose these questions and then you allow them to have discussion on them. And so in reading your notes, that's what really was the inspiration to say, gosh, we need to capture this and we need to share uh, these experiences and give perhaps even new perspectives to those who are in the pregnancy help community and giving them some ideas or kind of a checklist even for them to think about as we serve during this this really season, if you will, of a pandemic. So here we go, Napisa. Your question to your team uh, was the first, the first question you asked them was, since March of this year, have you noticed changes in the perspectives desires or values of our contacts. So would you talk a little bit about what your team came up with in their perspective? Yeah, and Option Line has this kind of unique vantage point because we uh, get contacts from all over the world. Um, so we are not talking about a specific region, but we get contacts from all over the world. We're able to kind of observe trends sometimes as they're developing. Um, and this, uh, the situation this year with a pandemic was no exception. And so it was really great to get to hear from my staff what they're noticing. Um, so one of the things that they mentioned were that people seem a lot more receptive to the idea of scheduling an appointment versus a walk-in visit. Uh, if you look at the period of time um, just before the pandemic hit, um, people would contact us and they would say, I just need to get in right away. Can I go now? What time can I go in? What time do they start taking clients? They would ask questions like that. But now people have a different view. They, they see that um, scheduling appointments is sort of a norm in life. They have to make appointments for many other services that they wouldn't ordinarily. Um, even some people have to make an appointment to go to their gym. So they're not surprised at the need for an appointment um, or at the need for a specific screening protocol. Uh, it, it used to be the case that if you had to delay the appointment for any reason, that would be a source of frustration for clients. But that mm -hmm. does not seem to be the case anymore. 
also we found uh, on a related note that some clients are a little bit afraid to visit a pregnancy center or any other medical facility for that matter because they're unsure of what their pro COVID protocols are. They want to know, will I be safe from COVID if I visit this place? Um, and there's really a desire for transparency about COVID protocols. Another trend we're seeing is that some clients seem scared to have an abortion for a similar reason or to seek any type of medical care because of their fear of coronavirus. And then we also have noted that there's this desire for connection. They're not sure how to go about getting that connection, though, because this is a really weird time in history. And um, there are a lot of challenges to connecting um, especially in person right now. But a few of the ways that they're asking for that connection is by asking whether they can bring someone with them. Um, they want to have their partner involved. They want to have a friend or a family member with them. And a lot of facilities aren't allowing that right now. Um, sometimes a, a woman has to fight for uh, her partner or a mom to be in the delivery room with her at a hospital mm -hmm. right now. So these are really challenging circumstances for pregnant women. Um, so they're, they're asking whether they can bring a, a partner or a family member to the appointment. And, and many, especially early in the pandemic, were concerned about the impact of coronavirus on a pregnancy. Um, so they have a lot of questions about this. If I continue the pregnancy, and I get coronavirus, will my baby have any problems? Will I have any problems? Will uh, the virus be more serious for me since I am pregnant? There are a lot of questions related to that. We're also noticing that women are considering abortion much later in pregnancy than we would typically see. Uh, and some possible reasons we think that might be are that they were waiting to seek abortion care to see if the circumstances changed were improved. A, a lot of people thought that coronavirus would just go away after a few weeks at home, but obviously that mm -hmm. hasn't been the case. So um, we think maybe some of these women were waiting to see what happened with COVID. Um, you know, maybe they were afraid to visit a medical facility for an abortion, or they may have waited to decide until later um, because they aren't sure what their future is going to look like. A lot of people have lost jobs, income, their plans have changed in regard to education. Um, there are just a host of changes that are happening at a personal level for these women. So one thing we're noticing is that, uh, that women are seeking abortion much later than they ordinarily would. All right. Thank you for that. The next question that I have on here that you asked your team, I thought this was great. You said, um, how have the current since March circumstances impacted you personally? And that really lends itself to kind of the internal aspect of your team and how they're functioning. So, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, this was a question I felt was really important because understanding how any, um, like shared experience is impacting you personally can help you relate to other people who are dealing with the same circumstance. So I really wanted to ask this question to help my staff get a sense for what our contacts might be experiencing themselves because um, the pandemic is affecting everyone. And sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that fact when you're dealing with intense personal circumstances. So um, some of my staff mentioned that they have been frustrated and or saddened by the lack of connection with others. Some 
some of my staff have not uh, seen their church family in person for several months because services have shifted to a virtual platform. Um, several of them um, aren't seeing certain family members uh, to, to keep them safe and healthy. And so they're really, really suffering as a result of that lack of connection with others. Uh, several have expressed that they have an increased sense of anxiety and they miss those everyday interactions that just don't happen as much right now, um, like hugs from friends. That's something that used to be the norm and now really isn't. We're even interacting with other people without a mask on. You know, a lot of states require a mask when you're out in public and uh, they just kind of miss the way things used to be. I think that's a common thread that everyone is feeling right now. You just, you miss normal life. And they find themselves craving things to look forward to, um, like the holidays, special events or opportunities to connect. Some of them said, you know, they really look forward to our um, staff meetings or our small group conversations, um, like the one that resulted in uh, this podcast. Um, <laughs> and many of us expressed agreement over all of those things. Um, we all seem to be feeling sort of the same way. Well, the reason I wanted you to talk about this is because I think, I think for one, we tend to think, oh gosh, maybe we shouldn't talk about these kinds of things because we're so professional. But the truth is across the board, I think uh, everything that I've read and my background is in the field of social work. And so I've had a good opportunity during COVID to work on my continuing education. And so lots of courses and, and webinars on, on this very topic. And everything that you said, the, the feelings of sadness and anxiety and frustration, that is across the board in every profession, in every situation, every field, every family um, that we're all feeling. And, and, and in one sense, it's actually got a term now called COVID fatigue where we're all feeling this, like, when is this going to end? Just wanting it to end and it's not ending. And we, uh, will life go back to what we once knew as normal? So, so I appreciate the transparency in sharing that this is true. This is your, your team experiences it as long with, um, other folks who have their employees in pregnancy help organizations and any career, any field. So thank you for that. And, that kind of leads me to this third question for you. And I, I actually really appreciate the way you asked this because you, you said, so if we know that this is our experience, how might that influence the way we interact with our hotline clients? I love this question. I just love it. So, so fill us in on, on the response that uh, the discussion that came out of that. Yeah, this was where the conversation got really good because we were able to find some action points and things that we can do. And I found any time that you have uh, something that you can work on or work towards, um, it's motivating and it's exciting. And so uh, this sort of changed the mood of the conversation. And also uh, we were able to brainstorm some really good ways that we can help the people who contact us. Um, one of the things we noted was that we're looking, we're looking for connection. We miss connection. And what we've noticed is that people really value being heard. So we talked about focusing on that listening aspect of the love approach and not putting any pressure on 
our contacts to hurry the conversation, that can be very soothing to someone. And that's always been our approach. But we talked about how that might be even more important in these times than it has been in the past. Uh, we also talked about how referring to a pregnancy help center where they can get ongoing support is really appealing. Um, emphasizing the idea that they can establish relationships at the pregnancy help center um, is offering them an opportunity to become more connected with someone in their area. We've also found that explaining the ways that a center has adapted to, to um, serve in these circumstances can be really comforting. So if we explain that the Pregnancy Help Center may allow them to have a friend or family member with them on a video call even during their visit. Um, so every pregnancy center has a different protocol right now, and that's mm -hmm. fine. You know, you, you just have to make the wisest decisions for your own location in your community. And we found that women are really comforted by this idea that they can have someone that they know with them to support them through a pregnancy. So we talked about you know, maybe emphasizing that that aspect of things that a friend or family member might be more welcome to uh, be at the visit or be on a video call during the visit. Also, we talked about how adding humor when appropriate might help to lighten the mood and build connection with clients, um, just sympathizing with them about the circumstances uh, or, you know, making a light of your own frustration as a phone consultant. So, you know, maybe you're having some computer issues where the the locator isn't coming up as quickly as you'd like it to. You know, just making small, lighthearted comments about things like that can really help to build connection with someone. And um, offering alternatives to someone is, is a really important thing because it, it lets them know that you want to help them. Sometimes that's all they need to hear, that there's, there's somebody out there who wants to help. And they might not be able to give you everything you need, but there's somebody who's in this with you and there's somebody who cares. Um, and that's what we try to impart to each of our contacts. And also we talked about the fact that acknowledging that her concern is important can really go a long way. So, um, it, and this is especially the case if it, it feels like the caller or the co contact is very discouraged, saying things like, I realize that this is a really important concern and I want to help you. Um, so we just, we were able to talk about a lot of ideas, a lot of uh, phrases and um, things we can do on our end to really put the, the contact at ease in these really challenging circumstances. That's great. So thinking about what you've learned, what your team has discussed, let's talk for a moment about maybe what kinds of things a pregnancy help organization uh, could do, should do in two parts. One, maybe to help their team the way you help your team. And then what else should they be thinking about in terms of serving their clients? I think those are great questions. And I don't pretend to be an expert on um, how to manage a pregnancy help center, um, but I think what we've learned from our experience can be really helpful in that um, we know what clients are sort of looking for. So I would say um, in terms of that interaction piece with uh, staff, I would say, um, you know, just really make sure that you're checking in with your people and 
uh, you know, asking them how things are going, uh, invite the discussion, uh, ask them what's challenging to them or how you can help. Um, those can be really important factors in keeping your team um, encouraged and motivated. Um, personally, we've, we've found that um, creating opportunities for conversation that uh, mm -hmm. isn't 100% work is also really important. So, um, you know, it, these can be challenging times. A lot of centers have limited staff in the center um, during regular business hours to accommodate social distancing. So if you have team members that aren't seeing each other as often, maybe provide an opportunity for like a, a Zoom meeting um, that's just for fun. Um, we did kind of a celebration like that a few weeks ago and it just yeah, um, tell us about that I tell us about that why you had that celebration that was pretty cool yeah so the celebration we had was to um, really enjoy the fact that we've been able to help four million uh, contacts through the option line hotline <laughs> and that was really exciting milestone and something we would have loved to have everyone here in Columbus to celebrate. Um, mm -hmm. But rather than uh, bring everyone here right now, we decided to do a, a Zoom meeting where we um, we celebrated together. Um, I sent out packages to each of my staff members and instructed them they were not to be opened until our celebration. Um, and so we were able to have that shared experience together and just um, really celebrate what God is doing, uh, even in these challenging times. Um, I mean, who would have thought we uh, hit 4 million contacts in the midst of a pandemic? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So when we think about pregnancy centers and uh, other pregnancy help organizations, I think one or two things that come to mind for me that you were just sharing with your team is, is how valuable it is for the pregnancy center to make clear probably on their website or any other place that, that someone would contact them, that it's very clear um, what the protocol would be and what's expected. So some of those things about, can I bring somebody with me? Well, that's information that can be made clear on the website or can be made clear in that phone call, being ready to answer that when a client asks that question and explaining to them, well, we can't 100% guarantee that someone won't get COVID we're doing everything, you know, in the center that your your internal team and how you are marketing to your uh, your clients that they know that you've put everything in place for them to have as safe an experience as they can. So that came to mind for me. And I think one other thing you pointed out was the questions that um, clients have that are contacts to option line. They're asking about pregnancy and COVID. So that's another area where I think it's really beneficial for pregnancy centers and medical clinics to have the latest information about COVID as it relates to pregnancy and to have that information handy and available uh, because you can actually read to a client, well, this is actually what's what's been published and what's been said. And, and just to give a shameless plug for uh, one of our publications here at Heartbeat International Medical Matters, I feel like every almost every um, publication of Medical Matters has something on the issue of COVID and helping uh, organizations understand um, their role and what they need to be thinking about and doing in relation to COVID. So anything else you want to add to that, Nafisa? No, I would actually, I would agree 100% that transparency is so important to the women who contact us right now. Um, so adding uh, 
information about your COVID protocols to your website would be fantastic. Um, you know, posting a sign on your door explaining your COVID protocols, that's going to go a long way to making your clients feel very comfortable visiting your location. Uh, one other thing I did, I did want to highlight, and you sort of mentioned it with, um, uh, you know, allowing people to come uh, with a client to her visit. Um, if that's not a possibility, I would really suggest um, that pregnancy center staff encourage a, a woman to uh, bring her partner or a family member virtually. So if your policies in your center dictate that uh, you can only have a certain number of people in your office at one time and she can't bring her partner, um, allow her to do a video call, uh, especially if it's um, something like an ultrasound appointment. That, that would just be so valuable. Um, and I speak from personal experience on this because during my first <laughs> pregnancy, my husband was in another country the entire time and um, we were able to, he was actually present at all of my doctor's visits through video call. He was um, there um, throughout my labor and delivery uh, through video call. And though it's not the same, it does make a big difference. And that may not be something that she's even thinking about as a possibility when she contacts you to schedule that appointment. So if for whatever reason you can't accommodate a friend or a family member, um, to be present at the visit, uh, really consider those digital methods of making sure that people stay connected. Thanks for that, Nafisa. That's great. I mean, we we know we've seen a lot of the centers, especially when they're adding some of the support courses, the parenting courses, they've been able to do that very masterfully and do that virtually and uh, add people to that. So that that's important information. So let me say thank you. Uh, because you are such a connector, you're a problem solver. Um, I'm really glad I get to call you colleague, I get to call you friend. And I, um, I was reading an article just the other day, and it actually is a little piece that comes out from a therapist consultant. And he made this comment, and he, it made me think of you, because he says, uh, they say, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. For every adverse thing that happens, there's opportunity in the same amount. So he poses the question, what is, what's the opportunity that we see when we talk about COVID-19? And I feel like you have taken that and you've, you've done so much with it. And he mentions, you know, the internet's exploding and people are home. So uh, think about, he says, when is the best time to answer the phone? The answer is when it rings. Um, just like when's the best time to have presence, have a presence online. It's, it's when people are looking and people are watching. And, and really, that's what you do. That's what the Option Line team does. They answer the phone, the chat, text, email. They connect people in need with people who can help. And we're so glad that you're the leader of that. Um, with that, I, I want to say that I really hope our listeners have found this to be helpful. And we would really love to hear from you about your experiences leading your team and serving your clients through the pandemic. I'm gonna turn it over to Christine and she'll tell you how we can continue the conversation. Thanks. Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to that conversation. Um, I know that there's lots of you listening who are leaders of pregnancy help organizations and you're thinking, I have more to add to that or I would love to talk and be in, in that room in that conversation with them today. So if you wanna join into that conversation, we have a Facebook group 
that I will post a link to in the description of this podcast. So you can join us in that conversation. We want to hear what your center has been going through, uh, whether it's your staff or your clients, what have you learned, what have you noticed. And if you're not an affiliate of Heartbeat, that Facebook group is just for affiliates. But if you're not an affiliate, go ahead and email support at heartbeatinternational.org. And you can join in the conversation that way as well. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to chat with you. So feel free to reach out. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to FISA. We really appreciate you. And thanks, Christine, for being an awesome producer. Have a great day.